Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. We're at uh, Acme Oyster House here in Baton Rouge, 3535 Perkins Road. Come on by and visit us. Man, they got a great crowd here, and they had a huge lunch crowd here. They're now yeah. got a little bit of scatter, but, uh, man, still got a, a few tables open, got great food, the drink specials. You can watch all the games, and you're surrounded by televisions. And right now, Florida State, 7-0 lead over Miami of Florida. But Herb, uh, Nick did it again, and we said this before the season, <laughs> that it would be different, and we wondered a little bit how that offense would look, Jalen Milrow, certainly has really progressed as a quarterback in the passing part of the game. He was terrific today against Kentucky. Yep. They beat Kentucky 49-21, which means basically they are the West Division champs yep. um, uh, in, in the SEC and staring down another date going up against University Georgia. of Georgia. Yep. But he did it a different way this year. And, man, it goes to show, hey, you can be an old pops in this world, but if you – uh, have a, an ability to change and work with your players and work to their strengths, you are going to succeed in life. And that's what has made him the greatest college coach of all time. I agree. So, you know, you go back to what it used to be for Nick Saban back in 20, you know, 2009, 2010, 11, 12, you know, just, you know, three yards of cloud of dust. We're going to pack everybody to the line of scrimmage and we're going to just outman you and push you in. And we're going to run the ball down your throat. Well, then you, you bring in some decent quarterbacks. And, and Lane Kiffin changed the world, too, with him. You know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> it opened it, opened it up just a little bit. And then it just opened up. And the floodgates came. And then all the receivers started coming. And then guess what they're doing? Throwing the ball 30 to 35, 40 times a game. What he did last week or this year, what he's doing is meshing the two now. Yeah. Right? He knows his quarterback is limited with passing the football as as accurate as his last four quarterbacks have been. Um, but what he's done is, and this is what I kept saying going into last week, 
it may not be look the same, but it's still the same. It's still a W. It, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like it may, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a 2023 Nick Saban coach football team. It may not be 2012, but it's still the same. They're gonna come in with a lot of firepower. They're gonna come in with a lot of confidence. They're gonna be passionate about what they're doing, and they're gonna be well coached, and they're gonna be ready to roll. They lost against Texas because they Texas, in my opinion. Just got lucky that game. They caught they caught Alabama they in hit that the deep balls. Well, they caught too. Alabama in that transition yeah. of transitioning to who they were going to be this year, and so and Texas was ready. But Texas is you know they're a good team. I can't take anything away from them. But I think if they played again, I wouldn't if pick they Texas. Play this year, they, Texas would not win that game. But what I am trying to say though is that Alabama and Milro are only going to go up from there. You know, I mean he's um, the way he ran that football last week just remind me of. Somebody that's running with determination and pure, just, just, you know what? I know I'm better than you right now, and but it, all he did was expose our defense to what we've already seen in the past with our defense with running quarterbacks. And one of the most difficult things to stop is a mobile running quarterback that can actually run with the football in his hand, meaning make decisions and make moves and cuts and knows how to actually run the ball. So I, I, I tell you what, I, you have to tip your hat off to Nick Saban, give him his credit where credit is due. At the end of the day, um, there was a, 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 a penalty that we think that should have been called, but it was not called. And so that kind of that knocked Jaden out the game. But I don't know if that would have done anything, to be honest with you. I think that game. Alabama still wins. The game starting to, you know, continue to roll on. And I think, you know, Alabama finishes that game with a win. But it, it wasn't our year this year. So we'll see exactly what we look like coming back next year. But we got a lot of we got a lot of things. We got that a lot we need of football left to play. Uh, the one thing tonight, you don't have to worry about Graham Mertz being Jalen Milrow. No, as far as running the ball, ain't gonna happen. But what he's done, and Billy has done this with other quarterbacks, is use a guy who's got some pretty decent accuracy skills. Yep. In the short intermediate game, he did that a lot at University at of Louisiana with the Raging Cajuns. He didn't have no fireball passer there. He had a guy that could kind of dink and dunk it downfield. Look at the passing percentage of Graham Mertz yep. uh, at Florida. Now, he was he was bad at Wisconsin. I, I think they wanted him to push the envelope. Yeah. But the one thing with Billy, I think he's played to his strength in that he throws that little short stuff short very well, mm-hmm. and he keeps you out on the field. You know, because if you're a defense like LSU and can't get off the field, you're going to have maybe problems with Mertz tonight. Yeah, I think you will. He's 73.9%, almost 74% Man. pass percent. Uh, and I think that's uh, really good in any stretch of whatever team or quarterback or whatever it is, that's really good. You're almost 75% of your passing completion percentage. Now, the thing also about Graham that I actually really like is that his experience and what he's done in the past has taught him how not to get too high or too low, kind of stay real steady, and he's a good leader for that team. Now, there's some challenges with Florida defensively. There's challenges, I think, with Florida in the coaching staff, and I just think that their system is not 100% ready to to excel in the way that they want it to. Now, they doesn't match the talent no. they have in the Correct. state of Florida. Correct. Where you can push the ball down, down the field. field. Correct. And so, and that being said, I also think what David said was key, too, was that they didn't go in that transfer portal and really try to nope. get any explosive players out of there to be able to do anything different. I, I, think, he, I, I think that's kind of where it kind of screwed up a little bit, too. 
I, I agree. I, I think that he didn't accept it and could get that short-term success that we saw Lincoln Riley did at USC, yep. what Brian did here yep. uh, at LSU, in, in getting that short-term A little injection pop. in the arm, right? Just a little bit. Because if you, you think LSU had roster turnover, yeah. look at what happened at USC. Yeah. It, it, it was more than what happened at LSU, which is staggering. But that's what happens when you make a coaching change. Correct. Guys decide to leave. Yes. Oh, I'm not st- I wasn't recruited by Brian Kelly. I'm no, gone. I'm out. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, I don't blame him either. Sometimes in some cases that's the way it should be. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I think that you can't fight the system when it's, it's changing and it's moving. That's right. Everybody else is is is, is shaking the tree and getting all getting all the fruit out of it. You need to do the same. You can't fight it. I mean, how long did Nick Saban fight this whole hurry up offense thing, right? Man, about, he fought it tooth and nail. <laughs> yeah, he fought it tooth and nail for about thirty five minutes, and he said, "All right, I'm gonna join you. Okay, I'm done. Let's go." Because you know, at the end of the day, he he fought it and fought it, and he realized he wasn't going to win. So what did he do? He adapted to it. So it's just like Clemson. You know, and I think one of the worst things that Clemson could do, could have done, was not jump into the transfer portal situation and also turn down all the NIL situations that they could have had. Mike Norvell embraced transfer portal yes. NIL, and look where it's put him today. Yep. Because, yep. listen, he was on the hot seat. He was. He don't win this year. He was out. Man, they were going to shoot him. He'd have been kiwied right out of there. He would have. Uh, they, they weren't going to put up with another seven or eight win season at Florida State. But he changed it late last year. The, you could see a little bit of confidence in the culture starting to change at Florida State. Now yep. he's got them undefeated at this point. But he embraced the transfer portal. Because you know why? He did a lot of juco when he was at Memphis. Yeah. He, he, he brought in he a did. lot of junior college guys when he was at Memphis. Yeah, I like my, uh, Norvell. He was a great coach, man. He's um, And when I say great coach, I mean he understands the game. He understands the kids. He understands the system, and he utilizes all that stuff to the very best of his ability. He may not be the best X's and O's coach, but you don't have to be. That's why you hire your, your, your coaching staff for those guys so they can do that, and you kind of – take your hands off the wheel a little bit and allow them to do what they do, and you just make sure the system is right. And so I I, I think that this is one of the things I think Brian Kelly has to do this year. After this season is over with, he's got to take a long look in the mirror at himself and decide exactly how he wants this team to look next year. Not the team specifically, but the coaching staff. His coaching staff. Because you got to make moves there. I, I, I get it, and I understand you bring people in and you give them opportunity but the results are speaking for themselves. And so, you know, do you make a move right now? Maybe. It, do, it, does, is it going to really help you if you make a move now? Probably not. No. But you go with what you have. But at the end of the day, I think in, in December, it's time to make a move. you got to figure something out, and you got to go a different route. And you got to also make sure you adapt to your kids. You can't always make your kids adapt to what you want. you got to loosen the strings a little bit and understand what you have and learn what to work with. Like they said, you got lemons, you make lemonade. If you got lemons, you can't make apple juice. It ain't happening. I want apple juice, but all I have in my, my, at my disposal is lemonade, uh, lemons, so now I need to make lemonade. And I just I feel like Brian Kelly has to take an opportunity to do what he needs to do to, to figure that out. Now, here's the other thing, though. I will say this. The guy, Brian, Brian Kelly has always been my pick to be the coach for LSU. Um, since, you know, right before he got hired. I think that he is doing a phenomenal job of getting them to the point of where they are today. 
I just think that there's a one another le level of football where he needs to take them to, and I think he can do it, but it's going to take a little bit of open-mindedness and a little bit of backing away from the steering wheel. I'm going to steal a page from Dave Aranda. One of the things he always talked about is that when you go somewhere to be a defensive coordinator, a big key is how many assistants will I have a say in? See, when Dave came to LSU, it was less at first, and less picked the assistant coaches. Yep. Uh, when he transitioned over to Coach O, he got some say on some assistants, but not all of them. I think if you're going to make a move, you got to hand that baton to that coordinator and say, pick your guys. Go, go pick the guy. Pick your own guys because that's not Brian Kelly's strong suit is on defense. He's an offensive-minded coach. Right. He's not a defensive-minded guy. Well, that's the that's the beauty of being the leader or the CEO of whatever team or whatever it is. You hire down, and then they hire down, right? Now, you all you do is you're sitting in an interview with them or you have an interview separately, and then you ask the right questions that you are looking for certain answers about where are you a great fit? Do you fit this culture? Um, do you have the experience that's needed? Are you willing to be open? Do you understand these kids? You know, do you understand the times and the culture today? All these different things. And I believe that... Um, I think that's very, very important, and, uh, and, and maybe Matt House doesn't have what that takes. You, we can't take any way, anything away from our offensive coaching staff. They have blown <laughs> everything out of the way. Much only, better than we thought entering the season. Only it's thing, been better. The only thing we could question is a couple things, right? Um, do we have or do we utilize the running backs as a running back by committee? That's one thing you can question. And the other thing was why are we not using the tight ends as much? But outside of that, do you have to do any of that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So because everything isn't working so well. You look at them numbers, you're like, man, just blows uh, your where, where else can we go with this? And so something's always going to be left out. Correct. I think no matter how good you are, that's always an element. Even that's, it's that way in business, too. Yeah. That, there's always that little bit there that you could say, man, we could do better. But yeah. how much better? Yeah. How much better can we do it? Because they've spread the wealth. But I do know one thing. If I'm calling plays, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, Logan Dick, well, Logan won't play today. Yeah. But uh, I think it's going to be Josh Williams, Caleb. Tonight. Caleb Jackson. Now, yeah. I think those two guys are going to carry the freight. I'd like to see Mason a little bit more involved in the passing game. But, man, if I got two receivers like that, yeah. uh, I'm not too worried about a lot of other things and the pitch and catch part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be right. we'll be back with more of our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. We're at thirty five thirty five Perkins Road here. Acme Archer House. Come on by and visit us. Jason will take care of you well along with his crew. And we want to thank again Map Construction be our presenting sponsor here for our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. We're back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. I'd like to tell you along with Herb Tyler, we're at uh, Acme Orsha House here in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us, 3535 Perkins Road. Got great food and drink specials. You want to watch all the games. They got all the TVs on here so you can watch every game that's basically playing at the present. And uh, if you don't have tickets to LSU, Florida, you can come here, watch the game. Enjoy a great time, and again, great food and drink specials here yes. at Acme Oyster House. Now is our time to go inside the Tiger Den, brought to you by Go Tax Resolution, your go-to tax resolution team, G-E-A-U-X, Go Tax Goes. We want to thank uh, the team at Go Tax Resolution, always a great sponsor here 
on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We're going to go to our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line. And we got on with us from Louisiana Radio Network, Jeff Palermo. Jeff, Jeff thanks Jeff. so much for joining us this afternoon. Jeff, uh, we were talking about this before. So many memorable games. Herb certainly had one when he was playing. They beat number one ranked Florida. Uh, Spurrier was there. They came in. Man, with the chest puffed out and left, uh, it was all deflated. But yep. they, these have been some crazy games between LSU and Florida, no matter what. But at, at one time, they were really playing for something. It, it was really big-time stakes and some of the greatest players in, in the SEC uh, going head up against one another. Yeah, you're right about that. I think the 2007 game was uh, oh. obviously something, uh, a special game, uh, you know, especially uh, the times that Tim Tebow came to Tiger Stadium. That was big. Um, yeah, I referenced it in my uh, last article on WWL, uh, you know, kind of previewing this game. Uh, usually this, these two teams meet in October, right? But the last right. couple times they've met outside of October, it's been a wacky game. You go to the 2016 <laughs> game, remember that was the game that was moved from Gainesville to Baton Rouge because of a hurricane that never came to Gainesville. And uh, before the game, <laughs> Leonard Fournette gets in a shoving match with some Florida players. He wasn't supposed to play, suits up, and then LSU had the ball with a chance to win. And, and Ed Orgeron's thinking he's got a, he's coaching for his job at this point, right, because yeah. he's on an interim status. Yeah, right. And they had two shots at the one-yard line. They failed to score. I think we all remember, and they lose 16-10. to 10. We'll all remember the 2020 game. LSU seems like they're dead in the water. They're 3-5 and five <laughs> going into that game. Yeah. Uh, Max Johnson has a huge game, throws three touchdowns. Cole Taylor's shoe gets thrown across the field. <laughs> and you get the Cade York 54-yard field goal, 54 or 57, something like that, in the fog to win it. Uh, so, yeah, some, some truly special games. They, they're honoring the 2003 team tonight. And, uh, ironically, that was uh, the one team they lost to was Florida. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, the crazy uh, thing about the, um, the Cade York kick because uh, I talked to Coach O about it. He said, Mike, I never saw it clear yeah. the goalposts. He said, all I saw was the referee throw his hands up. He said, because you lost the ball. Once it got into the fog, he said, I never, saw, never it. saw it. Yeah. And he said, then yeah. all of a sudden, I, I could see the referee looking, 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 and he throws his hands up. And the one game, man, uh, they had LSU had been upset in Tiger Stadium. They play in Gainesville. And I know Coach O and Pete Jenkins both say it was the hottest game they've ever coached in, in Gainesville. And they start to play don't back down <laughs> at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And he was like, man, Pete was like, Mike, I, I had to sit down. I, I didn't think I was going to make it. But he said, man, they played that song. Everybody seemed to get a bit of a pep in it. And it came down, I think it's Eddie Pinero. Misses the extra point. He had never missed an extra point in high school, in college, and he misses an extra point, and LSU comes out uh, with a one-point win. Yeah, and uh, 70th time these two teams have met, and the overall series is 33 wins for LSU, 33 wins for Florida, and three times. So there you go. That's how even it's been. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome, Jeff, man. That's, that, that's a great stat right there. It tells me everything you need to know about SEC football, right? And it's, <laughs> look, 
talk to me a little bit about what you know about Jaden Daniels this week of practice and are we going to see a, a truly 100% healthy Jaden Daniels and this offense, you know, take off the way that we know that it will or would. And then also talk to me a little bit about the defensive side for LSU and how they're going to handle Graham Mertz. Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, big questions to be uh, answered tonight. <laughs> Jaden Daniels looks like he's good to go. I mean, he didn't practice on Tuesday. That's when they uh, they finally returned to the practice field was on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday he worked out. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the fastest guys on the team, and, and Brian Kelly said that, you know, he got up to 20 miles an hour. Uh, it was a non-contact practice for him on Wednesday, and then Thursday was a contact practice, and, you know, as long as nothing uh, dramatic happened between that practice Thursday and to where where you at now here on Saturday afternoon, 48 hours later, I mean, he's good to go. So that's that's good to see because you really want to see him finish off this year, putting up some big numbers, see if he can at least get himself an invite to the uh, Heisman Trophy presentation in New York City. You know, defensively going up against the Florida offense. You know, Graham Mertz, I, I think that there's a benefit here in that LSU is not facing a running quarterback. They have struggled against running quarterbacks this season. It seems he like won. Done be- <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seems like they've done better with the pocket passers. Uh, Mertz is going to throw a lot of short to intermediate mm-hmm. routes. He's completed about 74% of his passes. I think Florida's got some good skill position players. I thought uh, Montrell Johnson, their running back, when he was coming out of De La Salle, he was, in his class, I thought he was the best running back in the state of Louisiana. He just he was constantly hurt at De La Salle, so he never really was able to, sh- to show it. Uh, so I think he's a good running back. I bet you he's going to be pretty motivated here tonight, along with uh, the Etienne of running back. So they got two running backs from, uh, uh, from Louisiana and Florida, who both of these guys have rushed over 1,000 yards. But I don't know defensively, guys, you know, really what could be done uh, to, to fix what's been ailing them. I, I mean, they, they, there's been flashes here or there. Uh, there's been some good things. I think tackling is going to be key tonight, right? I mean, if you're talking right. about an offense that is going to try to establish the run and hit you with the short intermediate routes, well, you, you got to make sure you limit those yards after, after the catch. I think that, to me, is going to be key for LSU's defense. Yeah, Jeff, I think uh, don't sweat all of that. Just bet the over. Uh, LSU is the only team in college football to hit the over on every game this year. And so that goes to tell you two things. One, their offense is explosive and their defense isn't real good. Uh, So (laughs) that, that combination, I think, will fit again tonight with no Logan Diggs in the lineup. Uh, Herb and I were talking about this with Josh. It gives him the fact that I think he's going to get more touches. But I think the other guy, Caleb Jackson, uh, because I think everybody is, hey, I'd like to see a little bit more of that big guy run the football. I agree. I agree. I think this could be a game for maybe we see a little bit more of Caleb Jackson. I tell you what, you know, and I know they tried to get John Emery involved in that game uh, as well against Alabama, and it's just been – Part of it's because Logan Diggs has been so productive, but it's been a disappointing season for John Emery. We, I, you, you would have thought you would have gotten that, you know, some of those kind of those fat, uh, those flash plays that he was known for. You know, you throw the ball out to him, and you know he breaks a couple tackles, and he goes 30, 40 yards or whatever, and scores a touchdown. You, you, you even you haven't even seen any of that this season. He, it's been so difficult for him. 
But to me, this is probably a game. I think this could be a, a, a game for Caleb Jackson. I don't want to say it's a coming out party, but if the guy gets his, gets an opportunity, uh, I think you're going to see. You know, I, I think you're going to see him. Uh, you know, shine because he, he's that good of a player. I wonder if we're, we'll see a little bit more of Trey Bradford too. I mean, you go yeah. back to the last time that Logan Diggs didn't play. Uh, was the Florida State game, and who took the first snap was Trey Bradford. It was Trey, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you wouldn't I'm know. That, that wasn't on the dance court. That wasn't <laughs> on the dance court to start that Florida State game. No. But, no. you know, going back to, to Josh, just how good of a player he's been for this football team. He's a walk-on. Okay, he's got a lot of guys bigger, faster, stronger. Right. But, man, he gives you everything he's got. He can catch the football Real well coming out of the backfield. And you got one good shot at him. Okay, at that size, people say, well, get low. How low? What he is, five foot seven? I mean, how much lower can you get to get under him uh, to to get him down as a defensive back even? That's a difficult task. Man, I got a lot of appreciation what Josh Williams has done at LSU. And I think that's why we saw uh, a lot of him last week, or at least more than we've seen of him this season. He played – he got – uh, significant snaps in that game against Alabama compared to what he played this season because it was a big game and I think Brian Kelly trusted him and he had a big game last year against Alabama and I think uh, Brian Kelly was hoping he'd get some of that magic out of him. Unfortunately just, uh, you know, LSU's defense <laughs> wasn't going to cooperate in that game to give LSU's offense a chance to win. Yeah, I agree with you. If we were playing uh, flag football, uh, Jalen Milrow, he still wouldn't have been tackled. I mean, uh, I ain't kidding you about that. Uh, the, the flags wouldn't have been pulled. He'd, he'd still have them attached with the Velcro. It was just a, it was a rough game. It was a rough game, I thought, for Harold Perkins. Uh, oh. You know, just a lot of missed tackles. Omar you know, Spates, that, too. Oh, goodness. Uh, I was going to say that, you know, that I – this was the kind of game when you thought, okay, let's get this tackling machine out of Oregon State, out of the transfer portal, and this is the game you kind of imagine Omar Spates having a good game, and he just he came up flat. You know, this he, he wasn't he wasn't at least for that game against Alabama on Saturday wasn't uh, ready for the moment. So, yeah, very disappointing game uh, for him too uh, defensively. So. You know, we'll see. You would hope to see some sort of emergence here in these final three regular season games from, you know, just a couple guys defensively. But I, I don't know. I don't know if we get it. I, I don't know. I agree. You would like to see somebody to step up. Somebody, whatever, whatever it's, even if it's a J.B. Toliano, uh, an Ashton Stamps. Come uh, on, just, Mason get, Smith. God bless him. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Mason's yeah. a partner of mine. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, but come on, Mason. He hasn't even hit the one rector skill. No. I mean, he's done, no, he's done very all. little this year. <laughs> Savion's done a little bit more. Both guys by you guys who are dominant high school players. You think about Mason, freshman All-American, uh, All-SEC freshman team. And this year, he, he's almost like been in the witness protection agency. <laughs> we haven't seen him make any big plays. I think maybe he's got one sack. Uh, maybe one sack. Uh, and Savion sort of the same way. All these highly recruited guys, Quincy Wiggins. I mean, I don't remember Quincy even playing much. Yeah. Uh, so you, now you throwing this on Paris Chan, J- Jordan Jefferson, uh, Guillory, 
Uh, again, you can't do anything about uh, Wingo going down with the injury. No. But where are the other guys, all these highly recruited guys, are they a plus for your team at this stage? You'd have to say no. Well, I, I think, I, you know, you, you, you just kind of rattled off just how talented this group goes from, go, that is. And you know, I think out of all the major sports, right, you know, football, basketball, baseball, you talk about those three major sports. I don't think there's a sport where coaching matters more than in football. I agree. And I think without a, a stable force there as a defensive line coach, it has hampered these guys. You, you could call it an excuse. Well, they, they, they need to rise above that or, or all that kind of stuff. But there's a, there's, there has to be a reason on why they have not come, come through like you thought they were. And, and that's a big part of it. That is a big part of it. I mean, just think about your real job. If you just if you were going from one supervisor after another, you, your head would be spinning, and you'd be like, well, well, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? And you'd be reluctant to do certain tasks and stuff like that. Well, I think that's what's happened with this group. Um, and I would, I would love to see, um, you know, them – We'll see if, if, if Jimmy Lindsay's going to be the defensive line coach next season, but I, I think that I know won't be, be Pete. Critical. Yeah. yeah won't <laughs> no, be Pete, because uh, Pete, Pete's 83 years old. He's done. And Pete, yeah. you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not taking words yeah, out of done. his mouth at this stage. But, okay, Pete's like a substitute teacher yeah, at this right. stage <laughs> of his life. I mean, he's 83, and he's trying to help. Right. But that's just limits to that. And he told me right off the bat, he's like, Michael, I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't a miracle worker. I ain't, he said, you have to bring me to Lourdes because I, I, I can't do any of this magical stuff. Uh, so I think he realized what he was walking into to try to help this group. But he's really looked at more like a substitute teacher. Yeah. And I think, you, I think you can only do so much, right? Because right. at this I point agree. of the year, practice time is being whittled down. You're at the back half of the season. Um, and, and I think there were – I think there's, there's no doubt when he came in, he gave some initial suggestions that gave that group a spark. But it, it can only take you so far. I mean, a lot of this work is in spring practice, off-season – uh, August camp, and, and now you're just kind of, you know, these practices are more about, you know, let's run some reps, let's uh, get our scout team out there, give you a look of what you're going to see this Saturday, and then, you know, get, get back uh, into the locker room and, and get off your feet at this point of the year. So it's it's very difficult to kind of just break it down and all of a sudden, uh, you know, create a, 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 a pass rusher out of out of thin air. That's it's yeah, just right. Not happen. Yeah. So let me pose the question. At what point do we decide to say, okay, well, maybe this guy who was a five-star or a four-star is really, truly a two-star in the development that we're trying to give, get him is actually not working. So is it the development of the players from the coaching staff or is it the player itself who potentially may not be what we you know, thought he was supposed or to be? Or a combination of the both. Or a combination of the both. What do you think about that, Jeff? Uh, I, I think Mason Smith can still have, can still leave here and be considered a great defensive lineman. Um, I, I, I hope he's not thinking, <laughs> well, I'll just go into the NFL and they'll look at my medical. No, 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 no. You better stay. Right. So you better stay. I, I think if there's a benefit here, I, I want to see these guys with, uh, 
you know, a, a defensive line coach that's known for really, uh, you know, developing guys. And I want to see what happens when they got the same guy throughout the entire year. And, and let, let's see what happens. And, and let's face it, I don't know if it can get any worse than it is this year. So might as well roll, roll it out. So I, I think there's still hope for a guy like Mason Smith and Davion Jones. I think so, too. I agree. I, I, I've seen, you know, I saw Quincy Wiggins play a lot in high school football. <laughs> I think there's still a, the guy is just freakish athlete. You can you can figure it out. Uh, you just got to unlock it, and uh, it would just help if you had, you know, one guy that and a guy that's a veteran defensive line coach that can be with these guys and break tape down with them and do certain drills and whatever it takes to really produce great defensive linemen. I, I'd like to see it because I, I think they they certainly. Uh, for these guys, it's a bit of a lost year. It really is. Yeah, it is. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us, bud. Always appreciate your time and your yes, insights. Sir. All right. Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. If uh, Give Nichols it to me, baby. Football, if Nichols football wins today, is this the greatest week of Nichols athletics uh, that they've ever had? With I would say that's a yes. Tulane Women's and- basketball <laughs> beating Tulane last night. Man, in a you know last second shot upsetting LSU. What the last time they won? What was 2010? Uh, yes, I think it was yes. 2010. And then if Nichols beats Lamar today and they win the Southland Conference, greatest week ever in Nichols State <laughs> history of athletics. So you know what that means? Spring break for the rest of the week for anybody who lives on the Bayou. <laughs> great job by Tim Rebo this year, kind of coming out oh, of nowhere. And, uh, Tim's done a great job. He really, yep. really has. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us, bud. Really appreciate it. All right, guys. You have a good one. All right. And that was Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network. And that is our Inside the Tiger Den segment, which brought to you by Go Tax Resolution, your go-to tax resolution team, G-E-A-U-X. Go Tax Go. want to thank everybody there at Go Tax Resolution. Always a great sponsor here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We'll be back with more of our Tiger Tailgating Show right after this break here on the Big 870. We're back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike to tell you along with Herb Tyler, we're at Acme Oyster House here in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us. Got some great food, drink specials. Got you surrounded by televisions here. You can watch all the games. And if you don't have tickets to the game, want to watch LSU Florida, you can come here and watch it. Uh, and man, great atmosphere. We want to also thank Map Construction as our presenting sponsor. Here's my deal, Herb, about tonight. I think you come out gunning. I think you go after the defensive backs, the cornerbacks for Florida, and you try to hit them with the tsunami early. Uh, why not? I mean, look, I think you come every game from here on out. Just give them give everything. Pedal to the metal. What are you waiting on? There's nothing to wait on. Let's go get seven points every time the offense is on the field, and let's Throw the ball deep. Let's throw some some deep crossing routes because Jaden Daniels is one of the better deep nine routes, if you will, that that the uh, passing route passer that's out there in the country. And Florida has not shown much of a pass rush no. all year long. Nothing. I don't care who's out there. They can have Ricky Jackson, Sam, Pat Swilling, Sam Mills. I might have to think about and everybody that. <laughs> stop back and throw the ball because you ain't going to run on them anyway. So, so here's the thing. My thing is – Pedal to the metal. Let's enjoy ourselves. Let's have a good time. 
let's go ahead and avenge this loss that we had last week against Alabama. Don't not- let Alabama beat you twice. twice. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And just and go out there and play the game. We know we can beat Florida. But we also know that Florida could potentially beat us because <laughs> of our right. defense. So, so you ain't got time to be waiting on anything. You know, it's a push. Put the pedal to the metal. Let's make it happen. We'll be back with more of our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show right after this break here on the Big 870. We're finishing up here on our number two of our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Mike, to tell you, along with Herb Tyler, we're at 3535 Perkins Road here in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us. We'll be here till 430. And then at 430, we'll throw it to the LSU Radio Network, Marlon Favorite, Brandon Taylor, Hunt, all take your coverage and then kickoff time 6:30 right here on the Big 870. We'll be back with more of our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 